That was nice. That was nice. All right, so, uh, yeah, this is how this works. So whenever you use stage props, sometimes you just have to, you know, get them yourself and <laughs> go in a back room and then carry it around. And in all actuality, I'm just bringing this out because I'm not even drawing on it, but I want to build tension. <laughs> so for this entire thing, if you could just continue to look at this and wonder if I'm going to draw something, then I've succeeded. So uh, one of the things that uh, we're really excited about, one of the things that we do in our student ministry is that we love is this thing called One Life. Uh, and it's just, hey, this is how you can be for our region. This is how you can be for our community. Uh, just affect one life at a time. Pick one person to change their life and invest in them. That's it, one person. Uh, so your challenge for you guys at the beginning of this series is you have a card on your chair that you're sitting on. Uh, if you sit on your card, you can grab it now, or if you moved it next to you, you can grab it later. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but take this card and invite someone that you think maybe, uh, maybe that they just need to hear one of the messages coming up. Uh, this is a relationship hack series. Uh, we would love... Uh, to, to help to, in, in any way for anyone, uh, hey, this is, this is some hope, some guidance in how to connect, um, how to deal with relationships, because it's, it's something that we all, uh, we all struggle with. And if, and if you're really bold, if you're kind of crazy, uh, outside there's 170 packs of 10 cards. And if you're like insane and you're like, I can do 10 people, boom, there, that's for you. So go ahead and do that. Uh, we're going to start in Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 12. And if you want to stand for the <clears throat> passage, it says this, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is, it is all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken, is the word of the Lord. Thank you. So this passage, a lot of us would know it or uh, think that this is a passage that is usually read at weddings. Uh, we're going to get into it a little bit, uh, but I am going to contend that it is not just a passage for weddings, that it goes way beyond that. Uh, and so here, I want to paint a picture. Uh, I want you to pretend that I am your personal genie, because how cool would that be? If I could grant your wishes, that means I could grant my own, and that would be great. Student loans, paid off. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so what would you do if I could say that I could buy you this house, just for free of charge, uh, like, ooh, yeah, that's nice, right? Oh, yeah. Or what would you say if I could buy you this truck? Because it, I thought that this was a super sweet truck, but it may be different for you. I don't know. I just, see you next year. Thanks for a great season. Uh, like, tell me, come on, bacon in that thing? That'd be sweet. All right. Or what if, uh, what if I could say, or what if, if you were like, man, I just really want a boat. We're on the lake. What if I could buy you this boat? Yeah, right? Right? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Or what if I could give you all of the stacks of money in the world uh, where you could just buy whatever you wanted? 
uh, what if I could grant any wish that you want, but the kicker is, uh, if, if I could hand you all of that in your life, but you had no significant relationships with anyone that you love or trust, would you take it? Now, before you answer that question, for you crazy introverted people who are like, that house by myself? Great. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean like no significant relationships, anyone to talk to, to trust, to love, anywhere in your entire life, would you take it? Or maybe you already are this person. Maybe, maybe it's not to this level. You don't have this boat. You don't have this house. You don't have that truck. Uh, but maybe uh, you've strived after things in your life. You've strived after money. You've strived after a house. You've strived after a boat, whatever it is. And you've done this your entire life uh, and at the expense of some precious relationships in your life. So... Uh, <laughs> When, uh, I think that it's, it's really big. It's a, it's a huge thing that the writer in Ecclesiastes um, says that this is a story of a man all alone, right? He paints the picture of this isolation, uh, and when he uses the word alone, it means separate. It means isolated. It means apart from others. And so <laughs> I don't know about you, but like the scariest, the craziest things that have ever happened in my life where I was legitimately terrified have always come when I was alone or separated or felt isolated, and guess what? Uh, if you want to know where Satan wants you all the time, it's isolated. It's alone, and it's separated from everyone else because he knows that you're, you're, you are your own worst enemy, and when he's got you alone, he's got you right where he wants you to be. So in America, it's really not normal to connect, right? If we talk about sharing things, uh, like we, like I have a one-year-old, and we're like, hey, Kinley, can you share that with me? And she's like, no. Um, but like, it's not, we say that to our kids, but in all actuality, our entire world is set up for individualism. When you go to the store and there's a row of lawnmowers, it's screaming, get your own lawnmower, right? Thanks, Tim, for the illustration. Everything in our own life is set up this way where it's like, hey, this is, this, this is for you. This is something that you need. You need to be isolated. You need to be alone. You need to be independent and functioning on your own. 54% of Americans feel like no one knows them well. The, the, age, the age range from 16 to 24 have been labeled as the disconnected youth. 47% of Americans feel left out. 43% feel isolated from others. 18% say that they have someone to talk to. Less than one out of five people in the United States feel like they can talk to someone. See, social media is friends without friends. Like, hey, I have 500 friends, but, unless I'm, or, but if I'm in need, I don't have any. That's the culture that we're growing up with. And don't get me wrong, uh, <laughs> so it is really hard to connect. Connection is hard. And uh, I don't sometimes know how to connect, but I know how to not co to connect. Uh, in my own life, uh, let's start in third grade. Third grade read was not cool. I just want to be honest. Uh, and in third grade, uh, there was this girl, and her name was Jody. The only thing that connected for Jody was her unibrow. That was it. Uh, other than that, uh, it was kind of scary. But Jody, uh, I found out later on that Jody, uh, Jody had a crush on me, but in all actuality, in the third grade, I don't know how you have a crush on someone. She just kept kicking me in the shins over and over. Like, she just walk up, she's like, mm. uh, Well, 
Third grade read, didn't like it very much. And then like after five weeks of you just kicking me in the shins, I had enough and I pushed her over a bench. Felt guilty about it ever since then, not gonna lie. I apologized to her when I was in the 12th grade. I was like, hey, third grade, I'm so sorry. She didn't even remember. Uh, but that is not a great way to connect. Also, fast forward, I don't have a good history with girls, if, if you're gonna pick up on anything. In the fifth grade, there's a girl, um, there was a girl named Angie. Um, she had a crush on me as well. I don't know what happened, but it is whatever. Uh, she came up, she said, Reed, uh, I think that I like you. And I was like, ew, you're ugly. Because in fifth grade, I'm, like, I know, I told you I was a jerk. I don't know. In fifth grade, you just don't even know what's happening. I was like, ew, you are not pretty. Uh, it's family friend, though. It's okay. Um, and so what Angie did was she stabbed me in the eyebrow with a pencil. <laughs> Legitimately, like bleeding all over the place. Pencil broke off of my eyebrow. I had to go to the emergency room. That is not a great way to connect. If someone tells you that they like you, you should not tell them that they're ugly or get stabbed in the eyebrow with a pencil. All the above is not good. But the text does point us to a couple of different things uh, that we actually gain from being connected. Uh, and, and it's kickoff Sunday, so I'm going to illustrate them in football terms. So one of the things that we get is productivity, right? One of the things we get by being connected is we get to be a little bit more productive. People help us out. So when I was playing uh, football poorly for like 13 years, um, <laughs> we used to have this guy, uh, and his name was Bubba, and Bubba was like 6'4 and 390 pounds. He's a big dude. Uh, he wanted to play offensive line, but then he figured out that he was too slow, but he's big. So we put him on defense. We put him at nose guard. We were like, hey, listen, lay down and roll. You take up three holes, it doesn't even matter. That's all you need to do. Guess what? It actually worked, and he would, he would just eat the whole offensive line. It was great. Uh, and he actually opened it up for the rest of us to be more productive. I would not have been as productive if it wasn't for him uh, taking up a guy who was supposed to come block me. And so we are actually more productive when we're connected, when we communicate, when we're together. The preacher in this... Uh, in, in this passage, thought that this ex- unexamined life of hard work and success without family and friends to share in it is all in vanity and grief and misfortune. He even uses the, uh, he uses the illustration of under the sun. Everything under the sun, this is unimportant. Under that premise, there is no such thing as an eternal accomplishment. And one does not even have the potential satisfaction of passing, passing one accomplishment on to one another. For me, I, I, I want nothing else than my kid to grow up and everything that I've done in my life, I can just hand to her. But he's saying that this, is, this isn't even a possibility under this. In a good partnership, two can accomplish more than one, uh, than one individually. The sum will be greater than the parts. The second thing is uh, we actually get help in need. When we're in need, we get help in, in this passage, when we're connected. When two work and live together, they can help each other in difficult times. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and there is no one to help him up. The speaker understood that everyone needs help and it is a blessing both to give and to receive help. A lot of times we don't want to receive help. We're like, no, I can do it on my own. And so uh, (laughs) for me, uh, I had a coach who over and over and over again was just like, hey, this is how you tackle. Hey, this is how you tackle. Keep your head up. This is how you tackle. And just continued to do it over and over and over again until the point where I understood. The third thing is we have comfort in life. 
Let's go back to Bubba for a second. Bubba was a big fella, and because he ate up big dudes that would come to attack me because I'm not very big, uh, it's very nice. I felt very comfortable when he would take guys on for me. I felt comfortable in that life. That is what he's saying for us, too. When two work, to, to, when two work and live together, they can bring comfort to each other's lives. And the last thing is safety and security. When two work and live together, they can bring security and safety to each other. To use a familiar phrase, they can watch the back of one another. Now, here's the thing. We had another lineman. He ended up going to play at Marshall University. Big dude. Uh, The only problem was he wasn't all that intelligent all the time, but he was good. He was a freak. (laughs) Kind of scary. I didn't really think it was that hard, but he didn't understand play calls. So what I decided to do as a linebacker sitting right behind him, I would just walk up. And I'd tap him on the side that I think that he should go to. He didn't understand the play calls anyway, so I was just calling plays for him. I just tap him on the side. He's like, okay, I'm going right. Well, he loved it. He loved it. It's like a dog. You just point him in that way, and he's like, I'm going to go bite. Uh, And you're like, great. Uh, He actually loved me. We built a connection between the two of us because he was like, hey, listen, I don't really understand the play calls, but you are actually making me look better, feel better. We got to the point where, like I said, I'm not very big. Uh, This one guy came off the line. He came to get me. He, like, picked me up, threw me on the ground, and then just laid on top of me. And I was like, well, I'm done. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Like, 6'4", 300, like, I'm not, whatever. Uh, So this guy, being the big, dumb brute that he is, but he's on my team, uh, comes over, just lays him out, and just starts hitting him through his face mask. It was legit. It was awesome. Uh, And, like, if you watch the game film, I should have brought it. It's hilarious. Uh, But there's, like, little tiny me and then two big guys just duking it out on the ground. And I'm still underneath this guy just, like, hitting him in the side. Ah, ah. Uh, Because my coach was going to send it in, but technically I threw punches, so I would have got suspended. I was just like, get off me. Uh, But the fourth thing is we get safety and security. See, when we live in connection, when we live in community, we get safety and security. We get people around us who love us so much that they'll go to bat for us, which is great. If you've never had anyone defend you, it feels great. If there's two, there's productivity. If there's two, there's help. If there's two, there's comfort. If there's two, there's safety and security. And so he goes on to talk about the three-ply cord, which is huge in this day. Uh, They would have understood the strength of how strong this rope is. So when considering the verses that fall just prior to this passage, the contrasting introduction makes it clear that the purpose of this image in Scripture is not to present the need for a relationship with God, nor to provide an incentive to marry, but to emphasize the importance of human relationships amidst our work or vocation as opposed to individualism and isolation. He presents the problem of individualistic efforts and expresses the futility of a man all alone who works to gain as much as he can but gets nothing, is depressed and lonely. The results are that even though, the, even though he may experience some success, he has no one with whom to share it. Thus, in the final analysis, he concludes that it is also meaningless and depressing. He finds himself right back where Adam was in the garden, which was alone. The place that God had said was not good. The triple braided cord model reflects the central image of the Trinity in at least a couple of different ways. One, it is, clear a picture, it is a clear picture of the strength that comes from the teaming together of two or three persons. 
This is the manner in which God has revealed his nature from the onset of creation, not as an individualistic deity, but as a God and community, right? Even when we talk about God, we talk about him as three in one. Two, the three-part chord represents not only an effective team, but also a team that has more than one person to share the satisfaction of accomplished work and goals. See, a team is a strong union. A team is a triple-braided cord. So like I said, uh, I had a coach who continued to get on me over and over and over again about this is how you do it. One of the coaches that I grew up with was a baseball coach who I had um, from seventh grade all the way up until high school, and he continued to say the same thing to me over and over again. Hey, this is your swing. Work on your swing. This is it. Keep doing it over and over and over again. And what he told me was, uh, if you want to build a habit, you have to have 300 repetitions a day for two weeks. Well, Who's going to do 300 repetitions a day? <laughs> That's insane. It takes time. Things like this take time. If you want to build a connection, it takes time. The slower you build it, the slower it is, the slower it takes to dismantle it. The wide receiver connection. Every single time we're like, man, this wide receiver quarterback combo is really good. They've built a connection. They have repped a thousand times, a thousand times and another thousand, and another thousand, where he's just throwing this guy the ball over and over and over again until they built a connection that's strong enough where they just know where each other are all the time. I know that if I get here, he'll throw me the ball. I know that if I'm in trouble, I'm going to throw it there, and he's going to be there to catch it. They built this connection. See, love is a connection, and we have to be patient. We have to trust the process. Muscle memory is a slow, slow process. And so 1 Peter 1, 22 is our goal. And it says this. It says, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Right? Yeah, that's kind of rough. Uh, see, what are, things, uh, what are things that we can do to move us closer to connecting? And here's your hack. Involve God. Count in God. When we say count in God, count in means to involve him in our plans. Involve him in our plans. All too often, we involve God in our plans when our plans go awry. But involve him early and involve him often, and you're going to build connections with other people. See, we do this thing in student ministries. I'm going to use the thing now. Uh, We, uh, if you look around, sometimes uh, Tony was wearing it in the band today, uh, but we use this logo, and it's a triangle, right? Uh, We use it for a number of different things. This triangle represents our up, in, and out lifestyle that we live as a Christian. We look up first to God. We look in to each other, take care of each other. We look out to invite new people in and love on them as well. And so uh, we can use this as well for uh, our hack to building relationships. When God is at the top, I'm over here, let's just say me, and someone else is over here, let's say you. Uh, when we strive closer to God, we bring someone with us. When we involve God in our plans, when we count him into our plans and our relationships, all of a sudden, all I'm doing is striving after him, and someone else is coming with me, and I'm getting closer to them all of the way. See, here's a story. Um, uh, we were talking about this. We just got done with a youth staff retreat yesterday. As I always say, we have the best youth staff in northwest Indiana. Um, but we just got done yesterday, and we were talking about some things that make youth pastors go crazy. 
one of them is the sentence of, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. You just know it's about to go down. Uh, and so a- after about uh, three days on a mission trip with a bunch of high schoolers, uh, a student, which, trust me, 1, 1 a.m., hey, uh, I got this problem. Okay, three days in a row. Fourth day, student walks up to me. He's been a part of our youth group for three years. He walks up to me. He says, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's do this thing. Um, and uh, he invites me to a room, and he says, hey, listen, I just want to thank you. I was like, what? He's like, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, staff. I want you to tell them for me thank you. My, my relationships, my, my family is kind of weird. My home life is, is kind of different. Um, I've never really felt like I could connect with anyone, but you guys provided me with a home. You guys provided me with a family, and, uh, and I feel truly loved by you guys, and that changed my entire life. It changed my entire direction. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm asking. <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do anything special. None of us did anything special. But when you pray for someone, you get them a little bit closer. When you, when you invite them into what you're already doing, you, you get them a little bit closer. And as you strive towards God, as you love God and you pray for these people, you love on them, you get them closer. The closer you get to God, the ac- actually, the closer you get to everyone else around you. This is the hack. Love God, love people, then you serve the world. That's what we say as a church all the time. But when you love God first, when you put him first, and you try a deeper connection with him, your connections to everyone else become deeper as well. So count God in. <clears throat> and, and trust me, I understand how hard this is. You have to be extremely intentional. You have to look around at people around you, and you have to choose someone, and you have to be like, I want to change their life. And sometimes you do it on accident. Sometimes you do it on accident. But other times you have to be incredibly intentional So the band is going to come back up. I'm going to let you go early because it's football Sunday. So if you can't get ready for football, then I don't understand the point. I know. Scott's never going to let me preach again. But uh, I, I, want to, I want you to know that there is hope. There are a lot of people who are struggling who can't figure out how to connect with other people, who are lonely, who are depressed. One of the reasons why I gave you the statistics is because (laughs) it's very real. Look look around in this this auditorium. You will find someone who is struggling to connect, someone uh, who needs someone else just to say, hey, listen, I like you and I think you're okay. This isn't a girl problem. This isn't a guy problem. This isn't everyone problem. So if you would, uh, I'm going to pray, and then I would like to leave you with a blessing. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, your love, your hope. God, thank you for giving us the model for connection with others around us. Thank you for giving us the model for connecting with you. God, we pray um, that you give us the wisdom and the determination and the perseverance to connect no matter what. God, we pray... uh, Even if we're someone who finds it really hard, God, I can't connect with other people. That this is something that um, you would help us through. Something that you would give us the power to do. Give us the, the wisdom and the determination to do. 
God, thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for uh, this church family that you've given us to connect to. We appreciate you. We love you with everything in us. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, if you could please stand for the blessing. Uh, you'll see people hold their hands out like this, like they're holding a loaf of bread. If, if that is something that you would also like to do, you can do that as well. Hey, may you go this week and know that you are loved and that you are awesome and that there are people who want to know you just the way that you are. All you have to do is ask and reach out. Go this week, love God, love people, serve the world. And one last thing, we're talking about connection. So find someone else in this room that you don't know and ask them this question. What is your most unusual talent? Or can I borrow a dollar? Yeah, that too. (laughs) Most unusual, I like that one, all right.